thank you for joining us at Lex Talk Issues. This podcast is released by the Department of Organizational Advocacy of your very own Ateneo Lex to analyze and discuss both current events and social issues that are going on in our world. We're here to provide you guys with relevant information and are not so expert but backed up opinions on these issues so that you guys can be informed and form your own opinion. Joining us today is the complete executive and administrative board of the Organizational Advocacy Department. Woo! Hosting the very first episode of Lex Talk Issues and every other episode subsequent to this. I'm Benj, your host extraordinaire with a really good hair. Nawalang alam sa derivatives and your AVP for initiatives. Hey! Hey-o. Hello, Benj. Let's introduce the big boss of this department. Sheng, come on, introduce yourself. Hi guys, I'm Shengi, your Jeje but classy, woke, pero di bossy, and your Provinciana cutie, VP for Organizational Advocacy. Yeah. <laughs> and yes guys, she already lied at the start of the podcast. She is incredibly <laughs> bossy. <laughs> okay, let's introduce our second guest of the day. Chris! Let me hear your voice. Hey everyone, I'm Chris. You're kinda laid back, got half a six pack, my mama's favorite creation, your AVP for project administration. Wow! Wow. You know what? I like that. Don't you have brothers, Chris? Like, come on, man. Come on, bro. I mean, I'm the favorite. What are you gonna How can you claim that you're the favorite? He needed to rhyme. He needed to rhyme. rhyme. Okay, and let's introduce the woman who just made the he needed to rhyme remark last but not <laughs> certainly the least. Trina, introduce yourself, please. Hey guys, I'm Trina, your super chill Southie. Always got the hot tea, but met kind of OC, your AVP for advocacy. Match kind of OC. I really am. It's funny how you mention hot tea because right beside me is a cup of really nice TWG Moroccan mint tea. tea. TWG, please sponsor this podcast. <laughs> yeah, because you, you guys are going to be hearing more tea. And now, it's time for your regularly scheduled disclaimer. All the views expressed here are the personal views of the podcast participants and do not express nor represent the views of Ateneo Lex and the Ateneo de Manila University. Furthermore, all news and quotes are accurate as of the time of the recording. Let's get down to business, guys. I'm gonna give brownie points to whoever can tell me what we're discussing today. So we are going to be talking about the recent ABS-CBN shutdown, the facts about the case, and more importantly, our own insights regarding this issue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a fairly recent topic. I can't believe it happened it is, it is. a month ago already. Right, like, right. Yeah. Quarantine just made time evaporate. And it's still ongoing, so... Yeah, it's still ongoing. That's a good point. 
Alright, so let's start with brief context about the ABS-CBN shutdown. So, if you guys aren't updated, I suggest that you pause the podcast right now. My voice just cracked a little bit, but we'll keep going. (laughs) I suggest you pause the podcast right now. Read up just a few articles on the ABS-CBN shutdown, um, what originated it, what recent developments have happened, and what what really is the issue. Did you guys know? Okay, Benja's fun fact of the day. This isn't ABS-CBN's first time getting shut down. They were shut down before in 1972 during the Marcos regime, and then they were only reinstated 14 years later in 1986 after the People Power Revolution. Now, the current shutdown was caused by the expiring of their franchise last May, May 5, I believe. Was it May 5? May 5, May 5. Yeah. Yeah. No, May 4. Oh, May 4, yeah. And then... And then the cease and desist order by the National Te- Telecommunications Commission or the NTC was on May 5. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Their renewal application has been pending since 2014. That feels like such a long time ago. I mean, be- because it was well, a long time ago. Because <laughs> it is. Because it is. Yeah. Um, their, their, their application has just been pending in Congress. It's, I'm not really quite sure what happened. I guess Congress never really did anything with it. Yeah, there was just no urgency, I guess. Mm-hmm. If it took that long. <laughs> but we don't know that, so don't come for us. <laughs> <laughs> so the entire topic regarding the ABS-CBN shutdown is actually quite complicated. And if you look at it, there are a lot of layers to the legality going on here. So for our viewers listening, we have boiled down the entire controversy into three distinct topics. To give us an insight on the first, Trina, would you please? Okay, so the first topic that we decided to touch on are are the ads. So uh, just a brief background on that. Basically, in 2016, during the presidential campaign, um, ABS-CBN failed to air President Duterte's regional political commercials worth 7 million out of the total 65 million pesos. So just to reiterate, they did not air provincial or regional ads, though they did air his national ads, which was worth 117 million in total. So what happened after is that those unaired ads became like the object of anger against the network. So in defense, um, ABS-CBN president Katig Bak stated that they follow a first-come, first-served basis on airing ads. And unfortunately, lang for President Duterte, he ordered too late because spots had already been taken by then. And Katigbak said that many telecast orders came ahead of President Duterte's. Now we begin with the insights. <laughs> so from all of that, you know, I understand the first come first serve basis or policy rather, because you know that alone for me validates the unaired ads. But my <laughs> concern lang in this is why didn't the network inform him earlier? Like mm, Katigbak already right, said, right? Because right? like Katigbak already said that many orders came ahead. So by the time President Duterte ordered, they could have already informed him, you feel? Like, they could have yeah, already yeah, told yeah. him. Yeah, it would have been a lot simpler for him too. Exactly, that they won't be able to accommodate his ads. Like, okay, I'm not totally aware of ABS-CBN's process and like how they operate in transactions, but I feel like that alone could have made things a lot less complicated. Again, for me, their basis is valid, but because Duterte's party wasn't informed earlier when they did um, order, I also find the suspicion of it becoming personal valid. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Understandable. Okay. Yeah, makes I don't sense, know. Yeah. I don't. Too. So I don't know if it's just me. Like, what do you guys think? So just for me, I feel like it's blown a bit out of proportion because 
if we look at this, um, the numbers here, only 7 million out of the 65 million worth of... Yes, yeah. true. And that's just regional, huh? Like, it doesn't that's even count. Right. Yeah, Little okay, continue. Topic. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. So, I'm just I'm just thinking, why would Duterte take it out so hardly on ABS-CBN if they did, in fact, um, air most, if not all, of the ads? And it was just a... It was just a matter of scheduling that was the cause of all of this. Okay, True, but agree. but it's still seven million pesos. That's still okay. a huge okay, amount. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It's still a huge amount. Okay, reality check for sure, definitely. Mm-hmm. But proportion wise, I understand Chris's point. Like Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and for me, another point to consider is is this enough of a reason for them not to renew ABS-CBN or is this just a personal reason of the president? Is it even legal to not renew ABS-CBN because of not airing a few of his ads? That I do not know personally but I feel like it's a bit personal lang. In this part, yeah. 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 Um, I feel like yes, it is kind of personal and yes, this is not a very big justification for why ABS-CBN shut down but maybe it's just a portion of the whole Maybe like the failure to release these ads are just one like portion of why ABS-CBN was shut down. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, so maybe this isn't exactly the reason that they're using because I'm sure the administration is aware that it's not a good enough and that's why we have other topics to talk about in the, yeah. in the few. Well, not necessarily not good enough, but more of not yeah. the entirety of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, now about the refund. So, yeah. going back to a brief background on that, ABS-CBN is delayed in returning the amount. But 4 million had already been returned and a delayed 2.6 million was no longer accepted by Duterte. He told the network to just donate it to any charitable institution. So, this mm-hmm. was like years already after the presidential campaign. Yeah, that's it. It's another shortcoming of ABS-CBN with regards to not being able to inform them earlier about the unaired ads. Yeah. But they did apologize for that, which is a good thing, Naman. So, just a question before anything. The 4 million pesos, was that part of the late returning or was just the 2.6 million the delayed? The whole 7 million was delayed. But four four million was returned first. They, they there was another two point six that hadn't been returned yet. So I guess the they just went, you know what? Like, I don't really, I don't, yeah. I don't really care about that anymore. Exactly, because yeah. that was only I think last year that they returned it. And yeah, when was, that was the, last year. Yeah, and when was the campaign? It was like twenty sixteen. So I okay, definitely I understand the gravity of this delay. It it really took them a while. Yeah. And they only apologized recently for it. So. And considering that they only had to pay this amount in the first place is because they didn't air his ads, which they were supposed to, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And now, another object of anger against the network is the commercial paid by Trillianes and published oh. by ABS-CBN. So, yeah. this was against Duterte as a candidate as it displayed behaviors that children in the commercial were questioning. So, Benj, do you want to chime in on that? If you guys aren't aware of what the Trillianus ad in question is, I recommend you guys Google it. Oh yeah, we recommend you guys watch it. It's a bunch of children questioning Duterte's actions, some of the things that he said leading up to the presidential campaign. It's black propaganda against Duterte. Now, black propaganda, it's not legally defined. But, so, we'll go with, we'll we'll look in the Benj dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) The Bench Dictionary says that black propaganda is borderline slander. It's not slander in that it's not illegal, 
but it's highly unethical because you're essentially destroying someone's character you're 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 defaming them in front of the nation it's not it's not illegal to do so but it's kind of a dick move to do <laughs> yeah under the fair election act consider ads against a candidate is actually lawful mm-hmm. as an election yeah. propaganda so basically yeah. they it's not really wrong and people really do do it naman mm-hmm. in a way yeah just to add to what Sheng said yeah an election campaign is actually an act designed to promote yep. The election or defeat a particular candidate. So mm-hmm. yeah. it was just doing the latter, and I don't think that there's something super illegal about it. It's not yeah. illegal. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. The thing is, malas lang yung ABS because they let this ad air and that candidate <laughs> yeah. won. <laughs> that yeah, candidate yeah. won as the president. So that's what's really like unfortunate lang. Right. Talk about them. backlash, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to add too, like, I think one of the reasons why they're targeting ABS-CBN so much is because GMA didn't air this. Mm. So, if you compare it, they're really, like, you know, obviously, ABS-CBN is going to look like the bad guy. I mean, like, you know, technically. Like they have bias. You're right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because another huge network didn't air it. This is a really great PSA. For those of you that are witnessing bullying, please put a stop to it. Because if <laughs> if the guy that's getting bullied suddenly glows up, I mean, becomes the president. <laughs> <laughs> so PSA, funny. guys, stand up against bullying. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled programming. ABS-CBN did have a part that they were that they failed to do, which was to just inform. The, admit, the party of Duterte earlier because it really could have been a lot more simple if they had and it wouldn't have triggered some emotions of them being biased about politics. There, we can now move on to the next theme we have, which is the controversial ownership of ABS-CBN. So Chris, would you like to give us a brief background on that? All right, thank you, Trina. With the controversy regarding the foreign ownership um, of ABS-CBN. The issue that we see here is that Jose Calida, the Solicitor General, um, mentions that ABS-CBN did issue PDRs to foreign entities and this is actually a breach in the Philippine Constitution because yeah. according to Article 11, Section 16 of the Philippine Constitution, all media companies must be 100% owned by Filipinos. So he saw yeah. that the issuing of this PDR is a possible breach in that um, article. However, ABS-CBN argues that owning PDRs doesn't make one a shareholder, but rather just allows them to receive dividends. Um, this means that they don't have voting rights, nor do they have ownership, which, um, that, which means that they did not actually breach the Philippine Constitution. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that they're, they're essentially an investor without voting rights. Right, they're basically an investor without voting yeah. rights. Okay. okay. Yeah. But what Kalida um, replies to this or what he says is giving PDRs to foreigners is in some way a scheme to make it appear that shares remain within the Filipino corporation, which means, yes, we are still 100% owned by Filipinos, but in some way we have foreign influences um, from these okay. investors. Okay. That, that to me, that's kind of logical, naman, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. With the issuing of these PDRs, that's all. That's basically like everything to it. For me, um, okay, I understand Palida's reason, but at the same time, these foreign investors won't really be able to influence as much because they don't have the voting rights. 
So they aren't shareholders. And in addition to that, the Securities and Exchange Commission gave their go signal both to GMA and to ABS-CBN. Mm-hmm. So why is it that ABS-CBN is the only one in the spotlight if GMA also has these PDRs yeah. to foreign investors? Yep, that is super important. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But I think where Kalida is trying to get at is more of the influence of these PDR mm-hmm. holders yeah. to the ABS-CBN corporation. Agreed. So I think this is a clear example of the different layers of the legality going yeah. on here. Wherein, yes, it is legal to have foreign PDR holders, but at the same time, can we really can we really prohibit their influence? Or not really prohibit, prohibit, but more of, can we really control how much they influence the company? True. Yeah, mm-hmm. regardless... Yeah, and regardless of whether they do ha- like whether they do have um, voting rights or not, them just being involved in the business of ABS-CBN can have um, certain influences to it. I th- I think yeah. what it boils down to is that business ownership at the end of the day means having some sort of control over the said business. So you can uh, you. I don't know, you can dictate or you have a say True. in how it operates and functions. Now, if ABS-CBN claims that these are just PDRs, then then it's their word against Actually, wait, that's so important. It's their word against the others. Because you can't, they're, they're both valid. Uh, the suspicion. Yeah, the suspicion and their statement are both valid. So it's hard to prove that they do, the foreign investors do have influence. Yeah, like definitely um, those who oppose them should find evidence, I guess, Mm -hmm. of foreign influences that translates into our media today. Okay, and also to think about it, if this suspicion is valid, then they should be fair and question that to GMA and to other broadcasting firms. Okay, nice Good job. Because they did (laughs) approve of GMA's renewal, but they didn't approve of ABS-CBN's. And this is one of the reasons. So yeah. it should be fair and not be selective with choosing um, who true, to true. argue this against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. ABS-CBN also said that if the Supreme Court and like the whole legislative branch agrees that okay, PDR shouldn't be released to foreign foreign investors, then they are willing to compromise and to remove these PDRs if that's the decision of the Supreme Court. Yeah, like it should be applied to all. They are willing to change the man if it will be applied to all. Okay, and honestly, that's just fair. That's really yeah. That's, yeah, that's just fair, especially in this industry. Another another like subtopic of this whole ownership debacle that ABS-CBN is now coming under fire for is the citizenship of what's his name, Chairman Emeritus Gabby Lopez. Now, he is a dual citizen, so he has a passport to the U.S. and to the Philippines. Now, okay, now I will come out on the stand and I will admit that I am. That I too like Gabby Lopez. And me, I'm and also... me. Are you really? Yeah, dude. I'm a dual. Seriously? Sorry, sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born in the States. Yeah. Chris, you should have. Okay. Chris, Gabby Lopez, and I are all dual citizens for the US and the Philippines. Now, the legal issue comes in, as it was stated in Article 11, right? It was stated in Article yep. 11 that. Yeah. You can't have foreign ownership exactly one hundred percent Filipino in, in your me, in media companies. media media companies, right? Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, as I think, as a chairman, you are a partner, so you have to pump in some funds to buy your share because you you become a chairman through shares, right? You have to be mm-hmm. a shareholder first to become a chairman. I'm not sure. 
but I'm fairly certain that's how it goes. So his dual citizenship has also created another issue that Congress, that the House of Representatives have been tackling for the past, I don't know how long they've been tackling it. Uh, they even they even made him do the Panata Mahabayan in their house sessions. And they even argued, he, he uses his U.S. passport when he travels out of the country. They argue now that he represents the U.S. more. Yeah, so I think, yeah. yeah, the problem is that the law isn't isn't so specific as to what happens next if an owner or if yeah any of the owners is a dual citizen because mm-hmm. as mentioned you have to be a hundred percent filipino but what what now when you are a hundred percent filipino but you are also a hundred percent u.s citizen right yeah so now that's where that's where um the controversy, I guess, is in because we, they can't tell, and that's why they made him do the panatang makabayan and all of that. That's why they're putting him on the spot. What do you guys think of that? Because personally, for me, I do understand their um, interrogation when it comes to that. Because if you're both, you have to prove. You're gonna have to prove to the House of Representatives that you're a hundred percent Filipino and you represent the Philippines. Because, like we mentioned earlier, you can't allow foreign influences to become part of the business of the media. Right. So, if you're mm-hmm. an owner and you you say that you are a dual citizen, how sure can we be that you're not in, you're not inputting foreign influences into the output of ABS-CBN? So, what do you guys think? I agree, naman, that like he has to like prove himself but at the same yeah. time the Department of Justice already declared him as yeah. a Filipino citizen so that's already a go signal for me yeah yeah same thought on that I mean it's not his fault that he was born in the US I mean no, no child no child tells their parent hey mom can you go to the US and I don't know as a fetus <laughs> yeah as a fetus no one does that true it's not like he can just um it's not like he can just disown his citizenship there, right? I get, yeah, I understand. Technically, you you still can. You can renounce your citizenship. I mean, citizenship. for sure. But it's not like he can just remove that part of his identity. Yeah, yeah, and on the flip side, it's not like you can taint your, like, Filipino citizenship just because you're also a U.S. citizen. True. Like, you being a U.S. citizen doesn't necessarily make you any less Filipino than you already are if yeah. you already have a Filipino Ooh, and citizenship. Period. And, and the Constitution agrees with you, Chris, because um, I think it's in Article <laughs> Five. Don't question. Don't don't quote me that it's in Article. Uh, I think is it in Article Five? I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. As long as I think you're, as long as you're not naturalized, you're a natural-born citizen. So if you were born through the citizen, if you became a Filipino citizen because your parents were were citizens, then that already qualifies you as a yeah. Filipino citizen. Yeah. Okay. I- Okay, I do agree with all of that. I just think, like, for me personally, I think Lopez should be using his Philippine passport. <laughs> like, that's just on me. Like, I know. Okay, I know that could be. I know that could be a matter of convenience for him, as he mentioned a lot of times. But if you're going to represent the country, especially being the owner, like, I think it shouldn't. Like, I think it should. You shouldn't be exempt from that. Like, even if you know the U.S. passport grants you all the privilege. The travel you need to be presenting representing the country so i just think that that part for me is valid when it comes to them questioning why he doesn't use the Mm-mm. filipino passport yeah that's you know what that's a really good point because the philippine passport doesn't have it has more limitations like in, in certain countries yeah. you need yeah, a visa. visa yeah 
Yeah, I, I just think maybe it's a different case when it comes to him since yeah, he's carrying definitely. the name of ABS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. Right, right, that's true. I mean, I am Ben Stalalima. <laughs> <laughs> the, the host of the host of Livestock Issues. <laughs> but you're carrying the name of Livestock Issues, so <laughs> Ben, from now on, use your Philippine passport. <laughs> okay, Ben, checking up on makabayan. Okay. <laughs> Benj, why are you, you searching, Benj? Why are you searching? I'm not, I'm not typing, bro. Okay. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us at Lex Talk Issues. We're going to take a short break right here. Wait, what are you doing? Don't click off just yet. We'll be right back with you to give you more thought-provoking discussion. Ultimately, after all of this, it all, it all boils down again to foreign influences. And how sure can people be that they don't go into the media? Because yeah, like right. definitely, I understand that if you're if you're a Filipino citizen, you're and you know you're already 100%, and that's proven. Then why should your dual citizenship be a problem? But then again, it goes back to the foreign influences. Sheng, I believe you have our last category. We've talked about the ad controversy that ABS-CBN went through. We've talked about the ownership and now I think we can talk about the renewal of their franchise. Okay, so basically, renewal would be about the legislative process, NPC, and of Kalida. Okay, so as we all know, um, 11 bills were sent by ABS-CBN for the renewal. So, um, in the 18th Congress itself, the earliest was submitted in July last year pa. So, I personally feel like it took too long and to add to that, um, we should also think and consider that in the whole Duterte administration, there haven't been any television and radio, radio broadcast firm that were shut down while their franchise renewals were still being deliberated by the Congress. So it's only ABS-CBN who was shut down due to the, their renewal being pending. Okay, so that's just one point to consider. Okay. okay. Now, I, I, I would just like to question why the legislative process and why Congress is taking so long. That's one of my points. But to be fair to the Congress, they have been assured by na the National Telecommunications Commissions or NTC that um, NTC would allow ABS-CBN to continue operating in the meantime while um, having this provisional franchise. Okay, but then there came the problem. The problem was that Soljan Kalida warned NTC and at the same time brought up a co-warranto case in the Supreme Court. So because of this, NTC didn't follow through and made a sudden turnaround with the whole, with the whole provisional franchise, with the whole um, giving time to Congress to think about it, and suddenly gave this cease and desist order against ABS-CBN. There was this article published a few days ago, I'm pretty sure it was June 23 around then, that the Supreme Court junked this co-warranto case that Kalida brought on, on, on ABS-CBN on the ground that it was moot or debatable. However, the case against ABS-CBN convergence, the co-warranto case against them, still exists. But also for me, um, even with the latest hearings, I could I personally feel like the issue is still being dragged, especially by those who are opposed to the renewal of ABS-CBN franchise. Actually, some of them even said that it's like a fishing expedition, as it is one of the lengthiest legislative exercises in their chambers so far. Mm -hmm. 
Buhay Raplito Atienza even said that some of his colleagues are refusing to listen to the duly authorized government agencies such as Department of Justice, the Bureau of Immigration, and the Securities and Exchange Commission, which have already cleared the network from any constitutional violations. So basically, ABS-CBN is actually quite clear na. But at the same time, it's just that these representatives do not agree and are just opposed to them renewing their franchise. What are your thoughts on that, Wa? Actually, you know, I had a conversation with my dad earlier and he said that majority is actually for it already, for it being renewed. But the thing is, those who aren't are really intelligent. And I, I can't, sorry, I can't mention their names, I kind of forgot, but those who are opposed to it, are really intelligent and are able to bring up these issues about them who discovered the conglomerate and like basically like just the complexities that's going on like even when it comes to their ethics some they actually found abusive um, practices but we're not gonna get into that because definitely there has to be more research to um, be part of this but it's it's still not adequate enough to what's available online Okay, so can we go back to this? Can we go back to the cease and desist order that Shang mentioned yeah. a few minutes ago? Let's establish a timeline here. So May 4 was when ABS-CBN officially shut down, right? And then a day after in May 5, Kalida. Who who did the cease and desist order? It was Kalida, right? No, no, no. NTC NTC issued the cease and desist order, but Kalida Basically, Kalida threatened NTC lang and um, gave this co-warranto to the Supreme Court. It was only a day after. And with cease and desist orders, normally you give them a bit of time because, of course, they can't just cease and desist the next day. They still have to pay for all of their employees. They have to settle all of their all of their um, rent, any mm-hmm. outstanding any outstanding balances, and even then. They, they can still appeal that cease and desist order. So the fact that it was issued only a day after they were their franchise expired and they were forced off the air because of the cease and desist, it doesn't sit right with me. I feel like... I think for everyone, it's... Yeah. Mm, okay, yeah. I think I, I speak for yeah. everyone when I say that they didn't follow due process. Yeah, and they I, did, they the did. cease and desist order should be not necessarily junked, but should be void and that abs been despite their ongoing cases should still be allowed should still be allowed to air because the season desist order is void agree and also the fact that the timing the timing of exactly. when this all happened and yeah it's just taken so much out of context basically out of the reality today and that's the pandemic yeah. a lot of people are going to be affected by this and actually already are so yeah there's just so much um inhumane you know, things into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, what I really want to question was the timing because since ABS-CBN was one of the people's news resource, it's all cut off because of this um, shutdown. So, like, a lot of people really were affected. Not just the viewers, yeah. but also these said employees, which we aren't sure if it's 11,000 or not. But... <laughs> Oh, I just want to clarify lang about what Cheng said. Like yeah. for the eleven thousand employees, mm-hmm. um, apparently ABS-CBN clarified that the eleven thousand they were talking about covers a different time period and scope from the figure in the BIRA form. Yeah, it's kind of complicated, but it, honestly, personally, I don't think it's like a huge issue because it's really just miscommunication for me. Yeah, so, yeah, I, you can continue, Chris. At the end of oh, the sorry, day, bench. yeah. 
people are still going to be affected. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they don't have money to support themselves, especially now since people are being forced to work from home. And if you work in the TV industry, well, you're kind of yeah you're kind of dead you can't do anything because you need because <laughs> you need to film in a physical spot right yeah so i mean i guess there's a, it's a good thing that there is digital technology right now yeah. like when it comes to you know how they can use social media but honestly for me it's not it shouldn't the eleven thousand employees like them questioning it shouldn't even be a subject because regardless of the number these people are um these people are connected to families and you know definitely, what I mean? Definitely. Like it doesn't yeah. matter if they're registered. I mean, if they're registered in the BIR in the figure or not, because people are affected. It's a ripple effect. Yes, Shang mentioned a while ago that other companies have actually had this sort of problem, but we're given yeah. the leisure of time. Like we see this in CBCP, where their franchise expired at 2017, but it was only um, renewed like 2019, and they were still allowed to conduct business. We also see this in GMA. Um, but I read in an article that NTC Deputy Commissioner Edgardo Cabarillos said that there were issues raised against the broadcasting company's license and its bid for a renewal. In their perspective, they can't just keep quiet about it because there were already other issues raised towards its non-renewal. It's more of that they were um, unjust when it came to having timing. it the day after. The timing of it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. timing of it mm-hmm. all. And for me, like the biggest question, I guess any of us are talking or are thinking about right now is why now, right? Why in the midst of all of this pandemic yeah. that it's happening? Yeah, and that's where the bigger issue comes in. Exactly, because it just goes to show where the where the importance is right now. Is it in the pandemic or is it in just settling? Um, is it just settling like you know conflict mm-hmm. between the media and right. politicians? I guess. I guess in the end, like, we just, I have just a question, like, who does this, like, with the whole ABS-CBN shutdown, right, who does this really benefit in the long run? Yeah. I agree. that's, like, the main question we have to ask ourselves, like, is it just benefiting President Duterte because he has some personal concerns? I mean, who benefits from this shutdown? Because the people is in need people of this. Are in need, yeah. Yeah, the people are in need, you know. I think this whole ABS-CBN shutdown debacle has just shown how powerful and also important the legislative branch of our government really is. Because if if they can go after people involved in ABS-CBN during a pandemic, no less, then they can also aim their efforts towards something that can develop the, the people and that can benefit the citizens. And I think at the end of the day, ABS-CBN did breach like certain technicalities that like now we are seeing being used against them. However, I think the main point is trying to look past these technicalities and to try to see how, you know, their actions just not affect the law, but the common good of the people. Because that's what's really important. Mm -hmm. Yes, because the law has to be for the people. Yeah, and as Chris mentioned, like we should also consider it being selective. Is the government being selective and just focusing on ABS-CBN or are they fair to all? Like that's really something we should really we should consider. Now, sadly, this podcast is about to end. But before we go any further, the org at EBAB would like to give a huge shout out to Shannon for providing us with the vocals in our Lex Talk Issues jingle. Woo! Yeah. We hope you guys, the dear audience, took away something from our lengthy discussion. We've discussed 
what the context of it all, the ads and the ad controversy, the ownership of ABS-CBN, and the renewal process of their franchise. We hope you guys at least take something home with you, and we're now challenging you to have somewhat of a discussion slash debate slash heated argument with anyone that you know. <laughs> so talk talk to them about it. Should and ask yourselves, should ABS-CBN be granted a franchise renewal? And now it is time for your regularly scheduled disclaimer yet again. All the views expressed here are the personal views of the podcast participants and do not express nor represent the views of Ateneo Lex and the Ateneo de Manila University. Furthermore, all news and quotes are accurate as of the time of the recording. Now, do you guys have any other questions to ask them? Give them some food for thought before we leave? So for all you listeners, we just have one question for you. Do you guys think that this is an example of selective justice? Or is it merely necessary protocol in investigating the case? Ooh. Hmm. Guys, think on it. Um, give your give your brain some food. Send us your thoughts, you know. Yes, send us your thoughts. If you can, please rate this. I don't know how they rate it in Spotify. Rate it 5 out of 5 for thought-provoking. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Share this Spotify podcast. Share this with all of your friends because everybody needs to be informed on this whole thing. Yeah, and, en- and join the discussion if you can. Definitely, definitely. Of Have an opinion, guys, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, informed. Yeah, be informed, guys. <laughs> Thank you, dear audience, for listening to the inaugural episode of Lex Talk Issues. Tune in to our next episodes for more informational and thought-provoking questions. This has been your eternal host of this podcast. Oh, I'm host forever, Ben Salalima, with the ever-so-lovely Orgad Executive and Administrative Woo! Board. Woo! Sheng, sound off. Yeah, go Orgad! <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris, sound off. Ay. <laughs> and Trina, sound us off. I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to us provide you with our not-so-expert but backed-up opinions on these social issues. Yeah, guys, don't cancel us, please. <laughs> don't come for us. We didn't ask for this, Ben did. <laughs> yeah, we're just participants here, man. <laughs> we hope you guys have given your brain some food for thought, and we will catch you on our next episodes. We'll see you then. We love you guys. Bye! Bye! Bye, guys! Bye!